If you could turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4, picking up where we left off last week. And um, just like Mark said last week, if you could, if you have your Bibles, if you could leave them open, because we're going to, this is a longer passage, and so we're going to be referring back to it during the, the, the message. So Julia Hiles is going to read right now, and so let's listen to God's word. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. Thank you, Julie. Well, you can see this morning... Uh, Last week, Mark Mullery told us about uh, what is known as the Markin sandwich, where Mark introduces a subject, puts something in the middle, and then comes back to the subject again. We have another Markin sandwich here this morning, and I can just kind of picture this scene in my eyes. Jesus is out on the beach, and he's going to start to teach, and the people start to gather around him, probably a beautiful sunny day like we have today, and he just gets into the boat and sits down. And this natural amphitheater is created, and he begins to teach. And, uh, you know, before we jump into the parable, um, we want to just take note of how he begins the parable. Um, you, have you ever been, uh, you know, have you ever been with someone and they said, I've got one word for you? 
Have, have you ever heard that expression? Maybe this is something just in New York. I got one word for you. <laughs> and then they use a bad word. They say, I, I'm going to use two words. Be quiet. I got one word for you. Be quiet. It means they want to get your attention, right? Jesus wants to get our attention this morning. And look at the word that he says at the beginning. He says, listen. Listen. He wants us to pay attention to the parable of the soils and the parables that are coming, the parables of the kingdom, uh, the parables where Jesus Christ is teaching us that how we, and this one in particular, how we listen to his word makes a huge difference in our lives. It really does. The frequency and the way that we listen to God's word makes a huge difference in our spiritual lives. And he, wants, he wanted the apostles to listen and those around the crowd to listen, and he wants us to listen this morning. Because as we shall see, and as we see in our text this morning, as the word goes out, it meets a variety of responses, doesn't it? Not everyone who hears the words of Jesus receives them in the same way. And how we receive the word has a dramatic effect upon the work that it does in our lives and the fruit that we bear. So let's do what Jesus has encouraged us to do this morning. Listen. The parable, verses three through nine, you know, he starts there, he says, listen, a sower went out to sow. A parable is a story. It's kind of a, it's a fictional story of something familiar that teaches people things that are different from the things that he's talking about. So he tells this story about a farmer or a sower going out to sow, and he's sowing seed. And uh, this was a first century subsistence culture. Most of them would know about farming. And it was done differently than the, the farming done in our day and age, where you have combines and tractors plowing the fields and sowing seeds. Or even sometimes, as we do in our yards, uh, we have those little machines with, from Home Depot, and we go down and the seeds go out. You know, but, you know, we, we, do have, we do like to put seeds in it. Mean, how many of you have lawn? If you have a lawn, you have to sow seeds every year, don't you? I've got some seeds here. Now, if you don't have one of those machines, this is kind of what you have to do. You have to kind of go like this, right here. <laughs> That's for Vince. I'm sowing seeds. But, you know, when you do that in your yard, the seed goes around. And if, if it falls on the, the place where the soil is, that's good soil, it'll grow up. But sometimes, you know, on the, by the driveway, it falls on the, the hard cement. That seed doesn't grow, does it? And sometimes, like, I don't know why, but in my lawn, there's this one circle. And just no grass will grow there, no matter what I do. I don't know why that is. Probably there's a rock underneath there or something. But the, the, the listening audience would have not been surprised by this story. And he's just telling the story of a sower sowing seed. Some of them go out there, and the ones that fall on the hard ground, they get devoured. The ones that fall on the ground with rocks, they get scorched by the sun and withered. The ones that grow up around the edge of the, 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 the property where the weeds are, as they start to grow, they get crushed. They get squashed out of life. Life gets, they can't grow. There's no life in them. And then there's good soil. And so here he tells this story. <laughs> and uh, imagine, now you, have to, you have to kind of think of what we like to just hear this story with. You know the answer. You know what it means, right? Because you heard the second part of the parable. But imagine you just hear Jesus say this. I think the disciples, based on the text, they didn't really know what he was talking about. 
So he basically says, he explains, and this leads us to point two, what is the purpose of the parables? They, they get alone with him, and when they're with him, he says, what's going on with these parables? Um, they say, you know, what's, what's, what's happening with these? What do you mean by these things? And this is what Jesus says. This is what he says. This is how he explains the parables. And when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should be turned lest they should turn and be forgiven. Oh, that explains it, right? (laughs) Easy peasy, right? Well, before we dig in, I want to make a point here. As we read this, when you read the gospel, when you read the gospel of Mark, there's different levels we can read it at, right? We want to think of what these disciples were experiencing as they hear the word of Jesus for the first time. He's just come to the the earth, right? He's started his public ministry and he announces the coming of the kingdom that we're to repent and believe and believe that the king is here. And he's doing all these miracles. He's being resisted. And he hasn't even got to the part where he starts to explain about the cross yet. And he's explaining the kingdom of heaven. So that's part, that's one way we read this. We also read this as Mark is writing to the church at Rome during the time of the Nero's persecution just so think about that a little bit, and then we read it now for ourselves. We're going we're gonna to look at uh, several of these different ways as we go through the text this morning, but we have the advantage of having the whole book, don't we? And that's really good because we understand why Jesus came, and we can really get into this and apply it to our lives for our own good this morning. So, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom but for those outside, everything is in parables. What does this word secret of the kingdom mean? It means, the word is literally mysterion, the mysteries of the kingdom. It's the same word that the Apostle Paul uses in Ephesians 3 when he says that, it means literally something that was used to be hidden is now brought forth. It's opened up, it's exposed, it's, it's coming into the light now. And Paul uses this to describe the gospel, which he says is the mystery that has been revealed to God's holy apostles and prophets that the Gentiles are now recipients of God's promise in Christ Jesus in the gospel. So the secret of the gospel, the secret of the kingdom is that the power and the presence and the reality of the kingdom of God has come to the earth in a new way in Jesus Christ. You get that? The secret of the kingdom is that the king has come. That's why Jesus announces the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The king has come. And now in his life and in his deeds, we see the kingdom expressed, the the inbreaking of the kingdom. The Messiah has come. The king is here. And he's teaching his disciples the secrets of the kingdom so that he can, as Justin taught us a couple of weeks ago, they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. Excuse me, I got a little bit of a cold this morning, so I'm going to just take a little sip here. Thank you. Um, So how does Jesus teach them about the secret of the kingdom? He quotes Isaiah 6 to help them understand the, the question that they have. Why do some people reject the kingdom? 
And, and he's, they're probably thinking about these scribes and Pharisees that are resisting him and charging him with all kinds of things that we've read about. Why do some people hear the words and it doesn't have an effect on them, but other people receive it and grow? And he quotes Isaiah 6 here. And he says, for those out, uh, he says, uh, what does he say here? He says, that they may indeed see, but not perceive. They may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they turn and be forgiven. So those on the inside, those who do the will of God, receive the mysteries of the kingdom. But those on the outside, those who resist, don't. Now, the context in Isaiah is this. God is commissioning Isaiah, and in Isaiah 5, he says, the people of Israel are like a, a garden that I've cultivated, and I wanted to raise this garden up, but they would not have me. They've rejected me, and now I'm going to take the hedge away from the garden. And Isaiah, I want you to go, and I want you to preach. And then he quotes this in Isaiah 6. In preaching, you'll speak, they'll hear, but they won't understand. They'll see, but they won't perceive. And what he's saying is God's going to bring judgment. When people reject his word, judgment comes. So even the words that God gives to his people for freedom ends up judging them. And, and the scribes and the Pharisees that we've seen up till now, they've rejected Jesus. They've called him, uh, they've made fun of his disciples for healing on the Sabbath. And they, they've said he's a friend of sinners. And they even accuse him in the last chapter of, of being in league with the devil. They're rejecting him. And Jesus is saying, my words are going to bring about the judgment of God upon those people. And that's what's happening here. The scribes and the Pharisees have rejected him. It's similar to what happened to Moses when Moses was going to Pharaoh and saying, the plagues are coming, let my people go. God originally says, let him go. He hardens his heart. And then each time a plague comes, their heart, his heart is further hardened. The words of Jesus are going to bring hardening of these scribes and Pharisees, and eventually they're going to turn them over to the Gentiles. He's going to talk about this in chapter 8, and they'll be used to bring about the glorious work of the cross. So this leads us to point three. What does the parable reveal, and what does it mean to be good soil? So after telling them the parables reveal the secrets of the kingdom... Jesus wants to show them how important this parable is to understanding all he says. And so he says in verse 13, do you not understand this parable? How will you then understand all the parables? He wants them to get this. And he wants us to get this this morning. Just look, look at how many times he uses the word here. Just, just go through it and say just how many times he used the words here. These, these are people that are hearing the word and listen to how Jesus talks about receiving his word. The sower sows the seed. So who is the sower? In this context with Jesus, the sower is Jesus, right? Easy. What's the seed? The seed is the word. What is the word? The word is Jesus' teaching, his announcement of the kingdom. And what is the soil? It's the people who are hearing the word, right? So there we got the context. And um, the word is Jesus' announcement, the gospel of the kingdom, the time is fulfilled, and the soil is different kinds of responses. So let's look at the first one, the hardened ground that people trample. He says, How, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the words, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that is sown in them. 
Okay, this is a kind of listening. I call it in one ear and out the other listening. In one ear and out the other. Uh, you know, they're hearing the word and it just comes in, but there's no place for it to land. And this, this is, as, as people are receiving the words of Jesus Christ, they're just, it's not coming in. You, you see this sometimes when you're sharing the gospel with someone, right? Someone, you're sharing it with them and they don't receive the word. There's just no entryway. There's no softness of heart. Or maybe you're guilty of this. Maybe um, you're sitting in a meeting and someone's talking and or maybe you're talking with your spouse on a date or maybe you're with a friend and someone's talking for a while and then they turn to you and say, well, what do you think? And, and you just say, um, I'm not sure what you're talking about right now. You ever have that happen? That's in one ear and out the other. There's no receptivity. It's not, the word is not accomplishing its purposes. It's not being heard. And if you look at the second kind of soil, these are the ones sown on the rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. And then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, they immediately fall away. This is kind of listening that I call, I'll listen, but. I'll listen, but. The ground looks, sim it looks similar to good soil, doesn't it? The, in fact, it, when you put the seed down, actually seed starts to come up. I've got a section of my lawn like this. Um, I, we put a bunch of seed down uh, this spring, and it, the spring, it looked amazing. But you know, when, when August came around in here, those 90, 90 days, 90 degrees, 90 humidity, 90% humidity, it just completely browned out. There's not, there's not, roots can't go down, can't penetrate the rock. I call this kind of squirrel listening. You know, um, you're hearing, but then something else is distracting you. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, do you remember when the movie Up came out? Anybody remember that movie? There's a, there's a dog in that movie. And whenever he sees a squirrel, he goes, squirrel, ping. Well, right around the time when that movie came out, I was, I was hanging out with a friend, and I was pouring my heart out to him. We're walking together out of the car, and I am just sharing some deep stuff in my heart. I mean, really deep. I mean, you know. And we're walking into Whole Foods. And on the column of the pillar... No joke, this happened. This has really happened. There's a squirrel. And in the middle of me pouring out my heart, my friend says, squirrel, and he goes running over to the column. It's the last time I shared my heart with him. No, no, I'm just kidding. No, but you know, he wasn't really listening to me. And, and I think when we, when we read this, we want to ask ourselves, what keeps the word from penetrating in our hearts? What are the things beneath the surface that distract us? You know, when this was written to the church in Rome, Nero was persecuting the church, and there was a fire. You probably know this, and the fire uh, was blamed on the Christians, and he started to use Christians as lights. He would burn them, put oil on them and burn them. And he's writing here, when tribulation where suffering comes, they fall away.
You know, we, we don't have that kind of suffering in our lives right now. But can you imagine? Is Jesus that precious to you? Is he that special to you? And, but we do have suffering. We do have tribulation. It's coming. And we can talk about this in the third soil a little bit more. But how are we going to survive if the word doesn't penetrate deeply within us? If we're not walking closely with him and his word is not working in us so that his heart, his kingdom, and his presence and his, his nearness in our lives becomes the most precious thing that we have. So we need deep roots. But I think the most dangerous and the most biggest threat to us in Northern Virginia in the 21st century is this last bad soil, if you will, verses 18 and 19. The others are sown among the thorns. Those, they, are, they are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. I call this, yeah, I'll listen later. Listening. The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things. I believe these are the things that are the greatest danger to our spiritual lives this morning. We love God, don't we? We're here because we love him. We want his word to do a work in our lives, don't we? But there's these other things that are drawing our heart away, aren't there? The cares of this world. It's just, it's not bad things. We've got jobs. We've got to make a living to live in Northern. There's just a lot of money to live here. We've got kids and the temptations for our kids. We're worried about those things. You know, we, we got a, so many cares in our lives. The, you know, and, and, and in the new members class, when I, I, I have the privilege of being part of that regularly here, and I, people move in from other parts of the area, I say, what do you think about living in Northern Virginia? You know what they say most of the time? So busy here. It's difficult to form relationships. It's so fast. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. We're going to see in Mark 10, the rich young ruler who's not willing to give everything up because he just wants to keep the things of this life. And we need to be on guard that the things of this life, that we own them for him and that they don't own us. Does that make sense? We're stewards. Brothers and sisters, we don't own anything. Everything we have is owned by him. And when we go back to be with him, all that we have in the kingdom, we're going to celebrate and enjoy. But we're not going to take any of that wealth with us. The deceitfulness of riches, that you can find security there. But let's look at how we can listen the way Jesus encourages us to listen. Look at verse 20. This is having ears to hear listening. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. What's different about the fourth soil from the other three? Good hearts will encounter persecution. They'll encounter tribulation. But they won't dry up, and they won't blow away. Good hearts will enjoy the things of this world, but those things will not choke out the kingdom. So how can we be good soil? We need ears to hear. You know, Jesus is just beginning to explain the gospel of the kingdom. And he wants, he wants his kingdom to be the highest place in our hearts. 
you know, when we face challenges in this life, and we do, suffering, illness, hospital rooms, joblessness, trouble with children, whatever it is, we're going to face those. We also face joys. We have promotions, celebrations, retirements. We have so many great things. What is going to make the difference of whether or not we prosper and bear fruit in the kingdom? Well, Jesus is inviting us this morning to see this. But those who are sown on the good soil are the ones who listen, hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. This morning, Jesus is inviting us to be good soil. How do we do that? We hear the word, we accept the word, and we live to bear fruit from the word. So what does it mean to receive, to accept the word? It means to think about it, to take it in, to allow it through... When we, when, we, when we first come to Christ and we bow the knee, we, we receive the kingdom of God by repenting and saying, I'm no longer the king of my life. I'm no longer w- going to rule my life, but I'm going to receive Jesus as my king. He's going to be the one who determines what happens in my life. He's going to be the thing that I pursue with my life. He's going to be the the authority that I surrender to in my life. We give up the right to rule ourselves or be ruled by anything else in this life when we come into the kingdom. That's what repentance and faith is. That's what it means to receive Jesus as king and to receive his kingdom. And then we need to be listening to Jesus in his word daily, receiving his word so he can speak to us through his Holy Spirit and his word. But it's not just listening to Jesus. It's not just listening so we can say, well, I know all these doctrines. It's listening to the king. It's saying, Jesus, you're the king of my life. I'm coming to your word so I can have my heart affected by it, so I can have my thoughts directed by it, and I can have my worship lifted up through it. That's what we come to the word for not just for knowledge, but we come so that we can fellowship with Jesus Christ. We need his word. We need his presence. We need his life. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel of the kingdom. And this hearing and receiving, brothers and sisters, is not a one-time thing. In the context of salvation, we repent and believe one time, right? That brings new life in us. But we are to receive the word regularly because that's how we walk with Jesus Christ. And as we receive that word, we're to say, Lord, a fresh way, I want to submit myself to you. I want to live for you. I want to receive the gospel. And, and, And that's how we grow. We are good soil. So I want to just close us with two points of application. Very simple. Easy to remember. We always say we want to make it easy. <laughs> Was that you, George? All right. I love you, George. Point number one, be good soil. 
And what I mean by that is this is walking with Jesus. You know, once we repent and believe, once we receive Jesus Christ, he wants us to receive him and his word as king every day. He wants to walk with us. He gives us his Holy Spirit so we can fellowship with him through his word. Because in receiving his word, we have fellowship with him. We have friendship with him. I heard one pastor this week on a, on a podcast. It was so beautiful. He said, the best thing we have to fight against sin in our lives is the joyful presence of the Savior and the Spirit when we're in the word with him together. And it's not like that every day, is it? I'm not, I'm not trying to make it sound like, okay, my quiet times are like I'm in the third heaven. I'm not saying that. But as we meet with him consistently over time, and we faithfully sow the word into our hearts and accept it and allow it to affect ourselves on a daily basis, and just, it, it does require some, that acceptance requires effort of our hearts. We have to give our hearts to Christ when we're meeting with him. It's not just reading, because then we have that in one ear and out the other ear, that distracted reading. No, we need to just sit with the word and receive the word and say, King Jesus, and over time, as we accept it, so that we can live it out, that's what it means to bear fruit, accept it, hear it, accept it, and bear fruit. We're not just hearing it so that we can just hear it and gather knowledge, but we're hearing it so we can live it out. We're coming daily to receive the seed. We want to be good soil on a daily basis in our lives. We want to have fellowship with the Father and his love, the, spirit, the Son in his grace and the Spirit in his comfort, don't we? May we have that kind of fellowship. And I, I want to just encourage you, if, if you don't have that kind of fellowship through his word, our mission statement is we go into the world with good news to make growing disciples of Jesus Christ. And if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ and you don't have that kind of relationship, talk to someone in this church. Talk to one of the elders. Talk to one of the leaders. Talk to one of your friends at university. Someone who has a better relationship. Someone who feeds on the word regularly and just say, how do I do this? You know, I was at... Um, George Mason this week, and I was sowing the seed. We were doing a Christianity Explored there, and a girl said to me, a young lady said to me, how do I have a personal relationship with Jesus? And I just thought, this is holy ground. She was not a believer. So I've, I've heard people talk about another, And another young lady there, she's a, more, a Muslim from Central Asia, she said, what does it mean to submit to Jesus as king? The word's working but it hasn't been received yet. And this leads to our final point of application, that's sow lots of seed. Sow lots of seed. You know, the apostles are receiving this message right here, and of course it does mean Jesus in the parable. No, we've, we've established that already. But if you remember from Mark chapter three, if you remember what Justin preached two weeks ago. Why did Jesus call the 12 apostles to him? Do you remember? So that they could what? Be with him and preach. And in two chapters, he's going to send them out. What are they going to preach? They're going to preach the gospel of the kingdom. But he's just training them. They're with him like we're seeing in the text right now. 
But they're training, he's training them so that when he suffers on that cross and is raised from the dead, which we're going to see happen as he, we walk through this book, wonderful book with him, when he is raised from the dead, he comes back, he teaches them some more, some final things, and he says, wait until you receive the Holy Spirit and then go. And he goes up into heaven, he's, and then he, the Spirit comes down, and the disciples begin the mission of the church. The church is established. And it's on the foundation of the holy apostles and prophets that we are built today. It's their word that's given to us that forms us into a church. We're gathered around the teaching of Jesus. And we together, the church, is a city set on a hill, a light to the nations. We take that gospel of the kingdom like the apostles did, and we go into the world with it. Now, I know this is a difficult subject for us. I was at a community group just a couple of weeks ago, and, and, and we were talking about evangelism, and, and, and I said, you know, what, what is the effect of it when we talk about evangelism? And everyone agreed. When we talk about evangelism, the first thing you feel is guilt, right? I, I just don't do it enough. I, I, I just want to, I want to, I want to just, let's get rid of that. Because you, know what, why, you know what the reason is? Because people think that if, in order to do evangelism, I've got to sit down with someone and I've got to go from the gospel from 1A to Z and I've got to share the whole thing. If I don't do that, I'm not really doing evangelism. I want to just say that's not true. I want to disabuse you of that notion. That's, that certainly can be evangelism. But as I've seen in my life, I've seen a lot of people get saved. And I don't, I don't remember one person ever getting saved through the, me sitting down with them and just sharing the gospel with them one time, and that was it. Like, oh, I'm ready to submit my life to Jesus King. I'm ready to give it all to him. It just doesn't work that way. So let's not get all hung up about we have to do everything. No, sowing seed means that we live in our community, being good soil, cherishing Jesus so much that he directs our affections, and we actually do things that we wouldn't do apart from the Spirit of God in our lives, like love our spouse faithfully, like love people who don't love us, like reconcile when we don't feel like reconciling. We do all kinds of crazy things that don't make sense to the world, where it's dog-eat-dog, get ahead. And as we do that, as we live with Jesus Christ as our king, we are light, we are salt, and we begin to have relationships with the people. Who are the network of your relationships right now? Just think about it. Think about the people you know in your neighborhood. Think about the people you know at your work. Think about the people you know at your kids' sports games or your... Last year, one of the members, Amanda Jones, she, she reached out to someone in her daughter's dance class. And that person came out to the Christmas Eve service, came to Christianity Explored, and gave her life to Christ. But it's the people who are in your relationships, your network. Sow seed. What does that mean? Well, it means break the sound barrier. It means when you're with them, tell them why you love Jesus. Just tell them little things. I went to church this Sunday. Just let them know you're a Christian. Let them know what Christ is doing in your life. Not in a weird way, but in a natural way. And I, I, I don't have time to necessarily go into all the different ways that that can be done this morning, but I think... As a church, we know how not to be weird, at least for the most part. I hope, I hope we know that. And how we need to just share our faith, 
naturally out of our lives. And, and with the season that's coming up, I just want to remind you, this is the holiday season. You're going to be gathering with people in your offices, in your families, some of you in your neighborhoods, you'll have you know, little parties in your neighborhood for your neighbors, cooking reception, whatever you do in your neighborhood. This is a great opportunity to interact with people who do not know Jesus Christ. And there are, there's close to a million people in Fairfax County. It's amazing. And brothers and sisters, we get to sow seed. We get to sow seed. We get to sow seed. And it, you know, if Jesus is our treasure, Lord, give us a heart. Give us a heart. You know, I, I don't know if it's because I grew up not knowing Jesus Christ and I was saved as a freshman in college and I, it just was such a radical thing for me because I was not living for anything other than myself. And I had no idea about the kingdom of God. And if someone hadn't come to me and shared it with me, I'd still be an object of God's wrath right now. I think because of that, I look at people. And I was out at a, an orchard with my grandchildren yesterday, and I'm just looking around, and I'm just seeing lost people. They're all around us. They don't know the reason for the season. They don't know why Jesus Christ came. They don't know that the King of Heaven has come to the earth Glory to God in his highest and peace to his people on earth. They don't know. And the only way they're going to know is if we sow seeds. And brothers and sisters, we've got a great Advent series coming up. It's going to, the next couple of weeks, we'll have a, a little uh, come out. There'll be six in the series, and then we'll have a Christmas Eve service. And then we're going to run Christianity Explored after the new year. And I just want to invite you. I'm going to ask you a question. Will you please, this is an invitation, will you please pray that God will give you people you can sow seeds to? Will you please pray that God will give you people to sow seeds to? Let us be a church that does not just simply grow from transfer growth. I praise God for transfer growth. I love the people that are coming to our church from outside. But Lord, we want to be a church where people are hearing the gospel and coming to new life in Christ, don't we? Yes. And students at Mason, I, I'm doing this thing at Mason, I'm just walking around, I'm just seeing all the lost people. You have a, a harvest field. But not just the students. Neighbors, coworkers, family members. Let's be praying, church. Let's be good soil so we can bear fruit, and out of that fruit, so lots of seed. Amen? Yes. Amen. Um, let me just pray before I turn over to, the, to go to the Lord's Supper. I just want to pray for our church and for us. Lord, we ask you to give us a heart for the lost as a people. Lord, we pray that in 2023, Lord, you would give us conversions. We ask you, Lord God, to help us to know who to sow seeds. Give us eyes to see. Lord, as we receive your word and our good soil, as we hear you speak to us about your mercy and your grace and your gospel and your kingdom, Lord, may our eyes be lifted up and may we see all those people around us now who are not a part of your kingdom. And Lord, may our heart break 
And may we just invite you, Lord, to let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Lord, bring your kingdom. Lord, as long as we live, bring your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, amen.